It's so cold outside, it just makes a man's nipples really hard. Just the thought of that. Oh, is this thing on? <coughs> oh, goodness. Um, hello there. <laughs> Gee, that's awkward. Uh, hi, everybody. Ben here. Ben again. Uh, episode 3. I just got back from the bar, played some pool with my dad. We were originally just going to uh, get some lunch after visiting with the family, but we thought, hey, fuck lunch. We're going to go play pool at the bar. And we got there and played a few games. I've been getting into pool a lot lately. It's such a fun game. It's not on the surface. It's kind of boring if you're just kind of halfway in. But just like most things, it has a lot of details and a lot of intricacies that you will only really be able to explore if you play a lot. And you slowly make improvements and you learn more about the game and the way the balls caress, uh, I mean, carom uh, off of each other. And it's addicting. It's it's kind of like bowling or golf. You know, it doesn't require a whole lot of physical exertion, but it's more of a hand-eye coordination and mind game or, over anything. And I've been watching a lot on YouTube, the U.S. Open and the tournaments and whatnot. Really boring to people who don't give a shit about pool. But if you like pool, even just a little bit, it's really fun to watch. It's intense. And uh, smoked my dad, played several games, and just beat that ass, which usually doesn't happen. So either I'm getting better or he just had an off night or whatever. Eh, you guys don't give a shit about pool. Who am I kidding? Well, anyway, there is or was a bartender there, and she was there for, I don't know, for, for a long time she worked there. And then just tonight, uh, we were playing pool, and she came in, and I said, Hey, how's it going? And she just had this frown on her face, and her husband was with her, and she goes, Horseshit. And I thought, oh, that's aggressive. And she went over to the bar, and she grabbed what appeared to be an envelope off the bar and stomped out. And I said, see you later, you know, haha. <laughs> you know, don't be mad at me, whatever this is. And she didn't say anything. So I'm no detective. I am no Sherlock Holmes. But I think she got fired. I think that was her final paycheck. I think she got fired for something that she believes she shouldn't have been fired for. I don't know if she was stealing money out of the register. I don't know if she forgot to card somebody who was underage. I think she got let go, and there is a young little blonde that has replaced her and is being trained in, so I think that's what happened. So uh, let's have a moment of silence for <laughs> for her. Okay, the moment is over. <clears throat> I got podcasts to do. <sighs> so, a lot to talk about here. You know, there always is, if you're one of those people, and I'm one of those people, luckily. Otherwise, I wouldn't do shit for a podcast. Playing pool with a back problem, you know. It's tough. It's tough because you can't quite bend over the way you want, and then after doing that a few times, it really makes your back stiff and, and sore, and then you start bending over like it like it's visibly like you're in pain, and then people start thinking, does this guy take it in the ass? Boy, if you listen to the first 10 seconds of this podcast, you might think he does. But I think I'm at a disadvantage there, obviously, but I, I, I just am not flexible enough. I can't quite do it the way I want, but I, I, I'm still decent. You know, I'm not going to brag too much. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm decent. And I was thinking, man, I'm not that flexible. But then, when the right conditions are at hand, oh, I'm super flexible. You see, just the other day, I opened the door to an old garage that hadn't had people in it in a long time. And uh, plenty insulated. So, I mean, pl you know, warm enough that obviously ridiculously huge spiders are still alive so I open the door and uh, take a step and then you know turn on the light and then boom 
in my face, probably three inches away, because I'm moving, I'm moving forward. I have forward momentum, and I almost run face first into one of the bigger spiders I've ever seen. And I'm a huge pussy when it comes to spiders. So just in that one moment, I think I made some sort of like beta cuck, like gurgly noise, like Ugh! just in that one moment. And in that one moment in time, I believe I was the most flexible man in the world. And that's weird because I have a back problem. I went from stiff old man, 28 year old Ben, who can't even tie his shoes some days to, whoa, I was limbo champion just for that moment because I had to be. I, if I didn't react like, you know, cat-like reflexes, my face was touching that spider. And I'm telling you right now, my face is not touching a spider. I, <laughs> so there's a lot of ways to test toughness, right? But I think the ultimate test is spiders and snakes. I'm not afraid of sna uh, snakes personally, but spiders, they're my weakness. I, I'm, that, I'm that guy, you know? I all of a sudden have no penis and no balls when there's a big spider around. I'll get like a newspaper, roll it up, and then I'll slowly walk up to it, and this is war. This isn't like a real man who just walks up and grabs it with his hands and crushes it. Blah, stupid, you know, stupid spider. This is like, oh no, we, I have to strategize. I have to get a long enough tool so that if I swing and miss, he's not going to land on me. I'm a giant pussy. Maybe you can relate, maybe you can't. But I was very afraid in this moment. I would rather have had a killer with a knife waiting in that garage for me. I can tackle him. I can run away. There's a lot of things that I could do. I had options, but it was a spider nearly in my face. I had only one option. That is, boom, break your back. Snap back, 90 degrees, limbo champion. I did it. So the moral of the story is mind over matter. <laughs> Goodness gracious. So this is episode three. Ben again. Here I am, Ben, again. And uh, today is November 25th, 2017. On this day in 1971, the legend of D.B. Cooper was born. Finally, an interesting topic to start us off. So if you've never heard of D.B. Cooper, his name was Dan Cooper. He was an American man. If you're interested, he was 5'11". That's also part of the history on him. I don't know why they bothered to put that there, but he was 5'11". Just an inch taller than me. 5'10". You know, when I'm laying on my back, uh, well, I was going to say I was 5'10 laying on my back, but that would be a huge penis. No, goodness gracious. So anyway, D.B. Cooper. Why is he famous? Well, he was just a basic dude, but this dude had nuts the size of, I was going to say Uranus, but let's just say Venus because that just, that's dumb. Nuts the size of Uranus. Okay. He had just gigantic planetary sized nuts. He was a very brave man. Now in my lifetime, I would never have the balls, the giant balls that it takes to, you know, hijack a plane. I would never have the balls to hold somebody at gunpoint and take their money. I would never have the testicular fortitude to take a knife and hold it up to somebody and say, give me your money. What did D.B. Cooper do? He did all of these at the same time, plus skydiving, all in one night. How many lifetimes would it take me to work up the, the, what's the word? The confidence, the, the not, lack of, I don't know. I just would never skydive. You know what this guy did on 1971? November 25th, he boarded a plane. He waited till the plane was at maximum altitude, and he hijacked it. He said, look here, uh, Captain, just poking my head through the curtains here, uh, just so you know, yeah, everything's good, yep, everything's fine back here. The passengers, half of them are sleeping, you know, they're relaxed, but I'm here to tell you that this is my plane now. Yep, I'm Dan Cooper, I'll be uh, taking your, your spot now, so you can just stand up. Oh, oh, no, don't move so quickly. 
I have a knife here. I'll cut your fucking head off. Get out of the seat. I'm going to need you to put these handcuffs on. Yep, have a seat right there. Okay, this is my plane now. And I need you to uh, announce to the crew and to the passengers that all the money they have needs to go in this bag. And if it doesn't, people die. That, that's, that's how this is going. Yes, this is really happening. This is not a prank. Ashton Kutcher is not a factor yet. No. So, he got everybody's money. Everyone on the plane. Money, watches, jewelry, anything of value. He had this giant sack. Okay, I, I know I mentioned he had giant balls, but this is separate. He had a giant sack to, like literally a, a, a silk sack, to put all of the valuables in. And he did this. He uh, extorted over $200,000 worth of money and merchandise and uh, jewelry. Uh, you know, you name it. Maybe, maybe a woman had a diamond brassiere on, and he was like, Hey, bitch, one, show me your titties. Two, I'll be taking that bra. I don't know. It just says a little over $200,000, which in 1971, now do some quick math here, uh, that would equate to, in 2017, uh, to about $743 trillion. Now, I might be off on my math, but the ratio of value then to now, I would say, yeah, 200000 back then was about, is about seven, about $800 trillion, something like that. So this guy was rich. Then he jumps off the plane with a parachute and is never seen again. How fucking gangster is this guy? D.B. Cooper, he was never seen again. Now the uh, general consensus, the, what's the word? The, the mainstream narrative will have you believe that he died. He did not survive the jump because he was not a professional parachuter. And this was over Washington state, which I guess has a lot of trees. So they think that he either landed wrong or the chute didn't work or he got caught up in a tree and starved they think he died now if there was never any evidence of his body found again which there was you know according to the mainstream there was no evidence of his parachute or his body found again you know i don't think he died because they had it narrowed down where the plane was at and where he jumped and where he possibly could have landed and they never saw him again so i think he lived i think he went away to mexico with his 700 trillion dollars that's exactly what it is you don't need to look it up the uh transfer rates from 1971 to 2017 don't worry your host has them memorized anyway yeah i think he uh i think he went to fucking mexico i know that sounds cliche but i think he went away with his big sack and his big sack of money and he ran into a Mexican girl who had tig old bitties and he was like, hey, look what I have. I know these aren't pesos, but let me tell you, this is more than what you think it is. And then he lived a happy life. I, I, I choose to believe that a hero like that went out on his shield. So that's on this day. God, I, I, he's more man than I'll ever be. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the balls it would take to go, all right, tonight I'm getting on this plane and I'm going to going to take everything from everybody and then I'm going to jump. It's nighttime. I can't see. I'm just going to be like, open that door. Here I go. God, what a hero. Pardon me. I, I uh, have to take a drink. Oh, goodness. So, I mean, what a, what a waste of life that was. I mean, obviously, I think he got away, but what a waste. Uh, someone who's that, he's intelligent enough to not only think of this, but plan it out and actually follow through with it. To be able to get away with that, I mean, what a waste of life. He could have been, he could have been so much more. The potential there, gosh. And speaking of waste of life, I have a, a couple of Scott stories to tell you. Now, Scott, the late, great Scott Filler, was my best friend uh, in, in the whole world. In high school, he was just, 
kind of a friend, more like a, uh, you know, an as what's the word? Not an associate, but uh, acquaintance. There we go. We were just kind of like buddies in high school. But after high school, when we ended up going to the same college, we became best friends. We hung out every day. There was even a time where I got home late hanging out with my girlfriend and I got I opened up the door to my dorm and my gay roommate, he was actually gay, his name was James Dibbett. We called him Dibbs. He was one of my favorite people. He was a good guy, that James Dibbs. Anyway, I knew he'd be sleeping and so I opened the door quietly and the light was off so I couldn't see and I was just, all I needed to do was make it to my bed. So I open the door, it's dark, I can't see and I'm very quiet. I don't want to wake Dibbs up, that's rude. You're sharing a room when you live in the dorms and you gotta have some courtesy. So I close the door. It's even darker now because the light from the hallway is no longer in the room. I can hear Dibbs sleeping. So I walk on over to my bed, my, what the fuck is it called? My bunk, it's not really a bed. And uh, I go to climb into bed and I lift up the covers and I hear, hey. And I was like, Jesus Christ, it was Scott. That's just the kind of friend he was. He knew that I would be cool with it and he didn't have anywhere to go. So at this point in time anyway, save the, the deets on why he had nowhere to go for another time. But he was essentially homeless at this time. He had just gotten kicked out of the military, which was his way to pay for college. And uh, so that's the kind of dude he was, just a huge heart and kind of like D.B. Cooper, a guy who was fearless, a guy who gave no fucks he had never had any MMA training in his life, and there was an MMA event in the town of Vermilion, South Dakota, and he entered. He he got he went in the cage and fought a dude and beat him, who was actually an amateur MMA fighter, and Scott wasn't. He did some wrestling in high school, but he was just a badass dude. He didn't give a fuck, and I always was jealous of that, because as much as I tried to be the dude who didn't give a fuck, I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't give a fuck, but there are different levels to how much you do or don't give a fuck, and he... He was just on another level. He was just a crazy, fearless dude, and that's what made him, you know, fun to hang out with and unique. He wasn't a stock character. You're not going to see a million of him. You won't even see one of him. Well, anyway, I uh, the story I have, I have to say at the beginning of this, uh, this allegedly happened. It might have happened, but it allegedly happened. So uh, I was hanging out. We, we smoked a shit ton of weed. As much weed as we could afford, slash as much weed as we would be given or we would take, or, you know. Anyway, I was hanging out with my girlfriend Ashley at the time, and uh, he texted me and he said, Hey, do you want a QP? Now, for those who aren't familiar with the lingo, that's quarter pound. That's a lot. Most people buy it an eighth of an ounce or a quarter of an ounce at a time. You know, 60 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever. A quarter pound is a lot of weed. That's four ounces. And he texted me that, like, hey, do you want it? And I said, uh, yeah. Like, what kind of stupid-ass question is that? Don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with me. You better be getting me chorizo tacos. Anyway, he said, okay, hang on. So I'm sitting there. I don't know what was going on at Ashley. He's probably just sitting there watching TV, whatever. She had some friends over. And then Scott goes, okay, come over. So at the time, he was living in this dorm at the University of South Dakota. And it was adjacent to the dorm I was living in, so it was close, but I was over at Ashley's, and Ashley had an apartment. So I walk over there, and I go up to his dorm, and I'm like, so where's the QP? I, I bet you were fucking with me. There's no way you're just saying, hey, come get, you know, how much would that cost? That'd be a lot of money in weed. I don't know, it depends on the, 
you know, who you get it from, if there's any middlemen. He goes, uh, hang on a second. And he goes, he leaves the room, so it's just me in his dorm room, and he comes back and he goes, all right, the coast is clear, come with me. And I said, okay. So we walk, we go down the hallway, we take a left, and he opens up this door that was open. I don't know why it was left open. I mean, people never leave their fucking dorms unlocked. That's silly. It's too many people that will take your shit. Now, we weren't thieves, but we had nothing against taking your weed. And by golly, what a crime that isn't, because smoking for free is beautiful. Anyway, he opens up the door, and there's just an empty room. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, close the door. So I close the door, and he goes, uh, I heard that so-and-so, this dude who I didn't know but I had heard of, was this dealer and apparently sold a ton of pot. And this dude, who sold tons of weed to everybody, had recently stolen something. It was a big, I don't remember what it was. I don't know if it was like a laptop or... He had stolen something from somebody on the floor, and this person knew it. But the laptop was gone. And so we were in there, and we didn't see the laptop. But he goes, he keeps his weed in here. I know he does. He has to. Where else could he keep it? Because the dude didn't have a car. He rode his bike everywhere. So, <laughs> I don't know how he knew this. But Scott just knew that the weed was in, the, in his, uh, his tower. He had a, a full computer. Most people did, because that's how you did your homework and, you know, play games, whatever. So we left the monitor, the screen, and we left the keyboard and the mouse, and we didn't have time to open up the computer, the tower, you know, the big, big rectangle thing. We didn't have time to open it up and see if that's where this dude was keeping his weed. So Scott goes, grab the computer. And I'm thinking, you idiot. I'm not just going to grab the computer. What are we going to do? Walk out of here with the giant tower? Hey, excuse me. Just going somewhere with my tower from someone else's room. He goes, ah, I'll do it. So he just unplugs the tower, grabs it, and he goes, come with me. And I'm like, okay. So I open the door, and he walks out with the tower, and we go back to his room. We grab a screwdriver. We take off the cover, the plate, to the tower, and open it up, and boom. Just like just jackpot. I think I even had dollar signs in my eyes. Several be uh, individually wrapped bags of quarters and eighths all pre-weighed out, all rolled up. They were nice and wrapped tight. It was beautiful. It was like in the movies. And it ended up being less than a quarter pound, but it was, it was a lot because he had sold a few bags. That's what he originally got was a quarter pound. So I'm sure we ended up with something close to that. I think we, we immediately counted, but he goes, okay, uh, so this guy is obviously going to be on a manhunt when he gets back from wherever he's at, and he's going to go looking, and I wouldn't be surprised if they end up having the CA check all the rooms, so we got to get out of here with this computer. And I said, okay, well, uh, what are the odds we can leave this building, this dorm, without running into someone? What are the odds? Probably pretty low. So he takes his blanket and wraps it up, and he goes, will you carry it? And I'm thinking, well, if we get caught, we're both fucked no matter what. So who does it matter if I carry it or if you do? It doesn't matter. We're both fucked. So I said, sure. So I wrap up this computer with the blanket and I carry it out. And I'm thinking, could this be any more fucking obvious? I mean, what? Why? why would somebody wrap something in a blanket if it was theirs, you know? You have nothing to hide. If it's your computer, just walk it out, you know? Bring it to your car. Oh, I'm bringing my computer over to my friends. Just the tower, huh? So I had it in a blanket, and I remember thinking, oh my god. But, as luck would have it, we didn't see anybody. Nobody. 
it was like it was a ghost town in the dorms all of a sudden. And it's nighttime, so when we get out of the building, it's dark. Boom, we're in the clear. And there's no cameras right there. There is, but they're, they're facing the other way on the sidewalk. So we were in the clear. So we get to my car. We put the computer in the car, and at this time, the weed is out of the computer, and it's in his dorm, but we have the computer. And we have to get rid of it. So uh, we're in a hurry. We, we're, we weren't planning this far ahead. I said, okay, there's a river just outside of Vermilion on the south side. It's just out of town. And the river has a park going through it. But it's nighttime, so there won't be anybody at the park. I mean, maybe some people fucking, maybe some people smoking weed. But technically the park's closed, you know? And so we drive out of town, and it's like a mile out of town. And we get there, and we pull up on the bridge above the river. The river is very shallow. It's about five feet. So on the right day, you could probably even see the computer. But it's nighttime, and I get out of the car, and I toss the computer over the bridge into the river. I hear it splash. Immediately after I toss that in there and the giant splash occurs, a giant spotlight turns on from the park next to the river where we had just dumped the computer. And it's a cop. Cop turns his spotlight on right at us. So I wave. <laughs> Hi. So awkward. I don't know if he heard it because he might have been in his car with the windows up. I don't know if he saw it. I don't know why he decided to shine the spotlight on us. Maybe it's because he just wants to see what these guys on the bridge are doing. So we, I wave. We get back in the car, and we start driving. And then he turns his car on. You can look down from where we were up there at the park, and he turns his car on. Not his flashing lights, not his flashers, but just his normal car lights. And he pulls out of the park and gets behind us and gets real close. And we're on a dirt road outside of town. So I turn left into a field, which, you know, hindsight, what the fuck did I do that for? How obvious. And he keeps going, and then I back out, and I head back towards town on the same road we were just on. He does the same thing. He turns around and gets up on us. He didn't turn his lights on. And I remember thinking, oh, fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. That's what I was thinking. Fuck. And he rode our ass all the way until we got back to the dorms. And I pulled into the dorm parking lot, and he kept going. And I remember the weight had been lifted. I took a giant breath, a sigh of relief. I was like, oh, my God. Ugh. So now in hindsight, I'm thinking he didn't hear it. He didn't see it. I'm thinking the reason he shined the spotlight on us was because we were, we were parked on the bridge. And he was like, what the fuck are these guys doing? If he had seen or heard us drop a computer into the water, we would have been in trouble in some way. You know, whether it was littering or, you know, stealing a computer or, or just, I don't know. There would have been some reason we would have gotten in trouble, but we didn't. So we got away with that. So now we're back at the dorm and we go up into his room and we were sitting in there and by now the weed, we have it stashed away so it's not going to be found. It was in a hiding place, a secret place. And there's a knock on the door and Scott answers the door and it's the guy, the fucking guy whose computer we just took. And he goes, can I talk to you for a second? And Scott goes, yeah. And he slowly closed the door, but not all the way. And it's him and that other guy in the hallway. And I'm sitting here listening, going, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Maybe we're not in the clear. And I can hear the guy talking. He's pissed. And rightfully so. He's out several thousand dollars between the computer and the weed. And he goes, so my computer's gone. Do you know anything about that? And Scott goes, fuck no. Why, why would I know about your computer? And he goes, well, there's just not a lot of people on this floor that I can see taking it, but you're one of them. 
And Scott, being the smart man that he is, he did. He was a really smart student, book smart and street smart. He just was one step ahead of this guy the whole conversation. It was like he was toying with him. That's that's something that you don't see very often. He started to make, turn it around, and make it look like, how the how dare you gonna how dare you to you know, how dare you accuse me? Why would you think that I would do that? I, if I see your computer, I'll fucking tell you, you know. And he somehow convinced this guy that we had nothing to do with it, even though. Again, hindsight, looking back, two dudes on a quiet night on the floor, you leave your dorm room open and the computer's gone. That's exactly who I would think. So, I mean, <laughs> this guy was right to believe that. And the guy was like, well, if you hear anything, let me know. In kind of an acu accusing, accusational sort of tone in his voice. Scott's like, yeah, whatever. Fuck you, dude. And so after that, we waited for a while, and we waited a long time because we didn't want to just fucking leave. It would have been obvious. We waited until it was really quiet, I don't know, like 3 in the morning or something, and we took all this weed, all these wrapped up bags, eighths, quarters, halves, whatever it ended up being. It was a lot of fucking weed. It was several ounces. And we stuffed our pockets, and we went out to the car. And we smoked so much weed <laughs> for several hours. And I remember vividly, not even being able to see my hand in front of my face. It was, we had the windows up, the car was off, but it was a cool night, so we were able to stay cool. But it was so hotboxed that it was like a fog machine in there. And I, I've never been that baked in my entire life. And goddamn, I mean, allegedly. And then we ended up splitting it, you know. He probably sold some whatever, needed some cash, because he was a tobacco chewer. I didn't have any other habits, so I just kept my share. But goodness gracious... That's, uh, <laughs> uh, that allegedly happened. So, uh, rest in peace, Scott. Uh, best friend a guy could have asked for. Unfortunate that that flame was, uh, extinguished way too soon. He had a big heart, but he struggled with depression, and eventually, uh, he succumbed to it. It was just too dark. And he told me a lot of stories, and a lot of, a lot of things happened that he shouldn't really have had to deal with as such a young guy but when that darkness is in you it's in you and I I can speak on behalf of that it's it's tough uh, days are are very gloomy and very dark and I'm going to do a podcast where I have that as my topic the the depression that is but um, in if you don't know what it's like to live with depression the best way I can describe it to you is as such uh, remember in high school when the due date for your homework was on Tuesday and I don't know how it worked for you but for us every day that you turned it in late you were docked one letter grade from what you actually were given so if you turned it in on Tuesday that's on time and you got an A boom you got an A so if you were a day late and you got an A you were docked one letter grade that's a B and then the next day that's a C so eventually the best you can do is however many letter grades you've been docked and uh, that's what living with depression is like if you have a day that is a great day, say it's an A day, like awesome, the best your day can be is a B or a C, depending on how deep you are in, in depression. It's like the letter grade that you would rate how awesome your day was is docked one or two or three times just because, just naturally at a base level because you have depression. And if you know what that's like, then you'll know what I'm saying. And if you have no clue, we'll get into that further on the next, well, on the podcast where I discuss that because... I'm like an encyclopedia on that shit. Anyway, uh, November 25th. So yesterday was Thanksgiving. 
I hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving. Mine was uh, short and sweet. We watched the Vikings game. The Vikings are doing very well this year, and usually a very mediocre team, and a team that has more talent than they perform with. It's like they have the ability and the raw talent of their players to be a 10-6 or 11-5 team every year, but they always find a way to fuck it up. They always do. That's such a Minnesota thing, is to be good, but not play as good as you are. And this year, they're playing. They're playing damn good. They're playing as, as good as they are for once. So they're 9-2. and two. I spent the majority of my Thanksgiving watching the Vikings game, and then I ate a bunch of food, and then I ditched out. So it was pretty nice for an introvert like me. And, uh, golly, it, I don't know. I'm 28 right now, but the older I get, the more I think about not taking for granted moments like that and days like that because you, you see a 90-year-old person, you know a 90-year-old person doesn't have their parents alive anymore or their aunts and uncles and oftentimes their older siblings. It's just such a, such a perspective if you look at it that way. I mean, I'm 28, so a lot of my rel most of my relatives and friends are still alive, but there's going to be a day where that's not the case. And so I try to remember and be mindful of every day that I have. And uh, Thanksgivings like that, they were nice. It was a nice visit with everybody. It's good to see everybody. I mean, in, in this fast-paced world, between work, between family, between uh, running errands, and just constantly... It's a, it's a hustle. It's a day-to-day -day hustle. And when you can find time to get everybody together like that, that's a really cool thing. So I have uh, three topics today. And as usual, I'm already at fucking 30 minutes. You know, for the first two podcasts, I said, hey, 30 to 45 minutes, that's what I'd like these to be. But how about I just say, hey, they're going to be however fucking long they're going to be. Because I would, I would already be 0 for 3 on what I'm trying to do. If I'm saying I want to make it 30 to 45, and every time at the 30-minute mark, I'm like, well, you know, I try, I try to make it 30 to 45, but oh, golly, I'm not going to be that guy. So, officially, I am telling you right now, these will be as long as they'll fucking be, and that's how it is. Three topics today. They should go pretty quick. Maybe you've got an opinion on them. Maybe you don't. You know, if there was a way for you to give me feedback, that would be great, but... You'll just have to get a hold of me on uh, Facebook Messenger. I, I, I disabled my Facebook, but I still have the Messenger part of it, so anybody can message me. But anyway, that's if you want to chat about this or, you know, whatever. Topic number one should go pretty quick. It's a uh, world-famous topic. The Kardashians. Oh, what could the Kardashians have to do with this podcast? Well, what do they have to do with fucking anything? Is there another family that is more famous for having so little talent? I submit that there is not. Impossible. But they did it. An entire family of bimbos has managed to be one of the richest and most famous and most well-known household names, families, in history. How did they pull it off? Well, first of all, Bruce Jenner, back when he was still Bruce... Obviously, he was an Olympian. But, you know, there's a lot of Olympians. Not every Olympian has, has their face on the uh, Woman of the Year cover. <laughs> anyway, so we won't say it started with him. And it didn't start with Mama, Mama Kardashian-Jenner. It didn't start with her. I mean, she obviously married Bruce and slowly converted him into a woman with his, her nagging. But I think it all started with Kim. 
Kim and her love of the BBC. Big black cock. I think she just loved it so much that in her BBC sex video with Ray J, where she's just slobbing on that giant hog, I think people could just really see her passion. I mean, not a lot of talent, not a lot going on upstairs, but back then she was really pretty. She didn't have the body of a troll back then. She was quite attractive. And she's just... Just loving that dick. And uh, so maybe it was just how passionate she was. Maybe people were able to appreciate the passion that she had for a blowjob of a giant black weenie because, you know, in case you haven't noticed, most girls don't like giving blowjobs. Maybe that's why she was famous. And if that's the case, I'm not even going to argue. What am I saying? Because then you deserve it. Because finding a chick who loves to suck on your weenie, that's tough to do. There are the girls who pretend to be sluts and they pretend like they like it, but they really don't. I mean, how rare is it to find a girl who actually, truly loves having a dick sickle in her mouth? Just, mm, I just I can't get enough of this. So, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's the only good thing I can say about Kim Kardashian. But then, you know, fast forward, then there's Kylie, who, uh, who again, has no talent, but is one of the richest, most famous females in the world. You know what she does? She takes pictures of herself. And that it actually makes headlines. You'll see it all the time on Snapchat. You'll see it all the time on, you know, whatever, MSN or whatever home page I have where you pull it up. It's like, Kylie Jenner uploads new, fascinating, awesome selfie that you must see. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, I'll bite, sure. So you click on it and it's just her making duck lips, just being a whore you know, in skimpy clothing. No talent, no news story. She didn't accomplish anything. She didn't save any lives. She didn't donate any money. She took a picture of herself. And that makes headlines. It literally makes headlines. I don't, I'm not saying that because it's, it's a story. It makes headlines. It's one of the top stories. Kylie Jenner wows with new photo. And it's just her holding the phone in the bathroom, taking a picture of herself smiling. I don't know how this happened. How did this fucking happen? In 1970, that never would have been a thing because people were real back then. I think that says more about the people who are her fans than it does about her. I mean, don't hate the player, hate the game, as, as they say. Don't be mad at her because she's got $800 million and all she does is take pictures of herself. I mean, I mean it sucks, but it only sucks because that's not me. I would totally do that. If I were just able to take a picture of myself flexing my bicep and then upload it and then all of a sudden within 10 minutes half of the world knows that it's up, Ben stuns us with a new selfie that you must see and then I make 10 more million dollars just because of that. If I could do that, you bet your ass I would. I would sell out in a heartbeat. I am not above that. Money talks. But that's why it sucks. It sucks because it's not us. But that doesn't change the fact that she has zero talent. She brings nothing into this world. And at least her, uh, her sister, Kendall, is a model. And the highest paid model in the world, by the way. She just surpassed that other girl, Gigi or whatever uh, her name is. So, I mean, modeling requires some sort of effort. Modeling is talent. It's a talent. It is. I mean, not every, but not every pretty girl can be a model. There's something to it. And I, I know this because I've seen the show Who Wants to Be America's Next Top Model with, uh, what the fuck is her name? Tyra? Tyra Banks? So yeah, I mean, gotta give credit where it's due. 
so one person in their family is worth a damn. But just in general, I mean, what, what a jackpot that family landed on. What a roll of the dice that God gave them. Can you imagine your life, going through life, where everything you do is viewed sort of like you're in a movie? You're just a celebrity, and you didn't do it anything to deserve it. You're just, you're just famous. People just love you. People think you're attractive. Just because you're you, not because you deserve it. That's the Kardashians. We would have a real problem explaining to aliens if aliens were to visit and they'd say, hey, we need to talk to your most famous person. Well, I don't know about the most famous person, but the most famous family and the most famous female, besides Beyonce, is Kim Kardashian or, Ky or um, you know, Kylie Jenner. They're the most famous people in the world. And we would have to tell these aliens, well, here they are. They're dumb as fuck. And they're moderately good looking, you know. I mean, without makeup and plastic surgery, they probably look like horses. But here they are. And the aliens would go, okay, why? Why are these two? I mean, what are their credentials? Well, they don't have any. Seriously. This is not a prank. I mean, these literally are the most famous people in the world. I don't know why, but hey, you told me to bring you the most famous people in the world. Here they are. Or if someone from like 1940 came here in a time machine, boom, 2017. We have handheld devices that we can call anybody in the world with. We can access unlimited amounts of information. We can literally do anything. You know what we spend our time doing? We, uh, we read about the Kardashians and we watch cat videos. That's what we do. Yep. I know, I don't like it either, but that's what people do. I mean, I personally don't do it because I'm not a giant piece of shit, but that's what the majority of people do. Oh my God, did you see her new selfie? Oh! What kind of noise was that? I must be thirsty. So, but it's, they're not the first family to do it. In case you haven't heard of the cash me outside girl, even less talent, even more of a joke, and borderline as famous. Uh, so she's like 14 or 15 now. Uh, if you just look at her, she looks like she's 22. I mean, you can only say so much about a 14 or 15 year old, but let's just say she looks like an upside down bowling pin and she dresses like a huge whore and she's a multimillionaire and she just turned 15 and she's done nothing and she has more money than she'll ever be able to spend. That's about all there is to it. I wish there was more to this story. I can't help you with that. That's what it is. So this girl, uh, her name is Danielle. I, I believe she goes by Danny. And uh, she gets on to the Dr. Phil show. And she's just a typical teen, kind of like on Jerry Springer, on Maury, on Dr. Phil. Anytime there's been a, a, a raucous, uh, inappropriate, badly behaved teenager, it's the same, t same thing every time. I don't listen to my parents because I don't have to. I do what I want. Whatever, I do what I want. Okay, so she's like one of them, and you're thinking, okay, come on, next segment, please. We don't give a fuck about this girl. She's just, um, uh, what, what's the word, a mishap? Um, a misfit, there we go. She's a misfit. And so she, she brilliantly marketed herself. I mean, she was obviously ahead of the game more than these other teens because these other teens who came before her were not able to pull this off. She picks a fight with the audience. She calls all of the women in the audience a bunch of hoes. <laughs> a little 14-year-old girl dressed like a hoe who's probably fucked 50 dudes already 
over 18. Shame. And she calls all these women in the audience a bunch of hoes because they boo at her, at the way she's acting. And Dr. Phil goes, oh, the women in the audience are a bunch of hoes? And she goes, yup. And she kind of shakes her head with attitude. And then some woman in the audience says something like, man, you should have your ass beat the way you talk to your mom, you know. And then this young girl turns to her and she goes, Cash me outside. How about that? Okay, so I don't speak Ebonics, but even I understood this. I don't speak Section 8, but I understood this. What she was saying was, Catch me outside. How about that? But she said it all, you know, Ebonically. Cash me outside. How about that? Now, most people don't even know what that means when it's translated into white people language. Catch me outside. How about that? What she was doing was saying, hey, meet me outside. Let's fight. And that one catchphrase immediately became more viral than anything ever. Catch me outside. How about that? It became t-shirts. It became memes. This girl was instantly what they call internet famous. And that's what you start out as these days. You used to have to be in a band. You used to have to be an actor or an actress. Now you start out internet famous, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, like Emery King, you know, the the internet celebrities and then she became even bigger than that because she got into the music industry her her single song her opening single her debuting single is called these hoes of course i mean what else would she have called it and it's even spelled stupid like h-o-u-x kind of like foe but hoes god what a what a waste of life and uh all i have to say is Catch you on Pornhub in four years. How about that? I mean, what else What else does her future hold? Boy, I can't wait. Uh, anyway, let's move on. The Kardashians and the Cash Me Outside girl. What, just what a waste of space. My God. But like I said, hate the player. Or hate the game, not the player. So uh, don't say you wouldn't take their spot in a heartbeat if you couldn't. I sure would. <clears throat> number two subject, number two topic. Topic number two of the day is a uh, term that I only recently learned the definition or meaning of, but it's something that I had seen my entire life. It's uh, it's called virtue signaling. Now, I, I recently learned what that was. I had heard it before, but never really bothered to investigate. You know, you hear a word, you're not sure what it is. You Google it, or at least you do if you're a giant virgin nerd like me. I, I kind of love language in the English language, and I don't like when I don't know the meaning of a word. So if I hear a fancy word, I'll Google it. And there are people who will use big words on purpose to try to sound intelligent, and you can spot that a mile away. You start giving them that thousand-yard stare, like, come on, dude, you know that that word isn't really in your vocabulary. But then there are people who use big words because they're fucking smart, and they just have a wide vocabulary. One of the main examples is people who use the word very a lot. Instead of saying, I am very thirsty, you can eliminate very and use a word that means thirsty, but it also indicates that it is a step above thirsty, like I am parched. Or if, if I am very hungry, get rid of that. I am fam famined, famished, I just whatever. You, I'm starving, you know? You just... You can tell when people have a nice vocabulary and when they don't, and I like to expand my vocabulary. I do it so much that I will just remember random-ass words, and hopefully I can use them in a natural setting where it isn't obvious that I use them on purpose to sound smart. One that comes off the top of my head is the word coven. 
I was in fucking seventh grade in Verndale, Minnesota. I remember this. This was in 2001. This is 16 years ago, and I remember this. I, I saw the word coven, or coven, however you want to say it, and I didn't know what it meant. So I dictionaried it, because that's what we fucking did back then. I looked it up in an actual dictionary. A coven is a group of witches. So it must have been in an a, um, English class, in a, in a literature, you know, some sort of story that I read this, because you're not going to see this word very often. Coven, coven. And I thought, I'm never going to forget that. Anytime I see this word from now on, I'm going to remember this word. Coven. How many times has that word come in handy? Ah, about zero. About never. I've never once been in a conversation where I was like, ooh, I can pull this word out right now. It would, it would fit here in this conversation. So did you guys uh, see that coven, you know, flying around out there earlier? Yeah, never happened. So, I mean, it was a bad idea putting that into my, into my memory banks because you only have so much storage in your brain. But yeah, that's there forever, coven. If I ever watch a scary movie where about witches and warlocks and I see a group of witches in the sky, I can turn to whoever's next to me and say, ha, check out that coven. And they'll be impressed. Or they'll think I'm a giant douche. Probably the latter. But anyway, virtue signaling is a word that I had heard and had seen, and I thought, you know, I, I should probably know what this means. Because I sure hear it a lot. I was hearing it a lot in the Trump election. They were accusing him of virtue signaling. So I looked it up, and in layman's terms, in for the lay people, what it essentially means is uh, putting out to the world that you uh, it, you do good things when you actually don't. Say you encourage others to donate to charities, but you don't donate to charities. Uh, pretending that you don't swear, but you swear a lot when there are no people around. Uh, basically being a hypocrite. That's virtue signaling. Sending out a good view of yourself when that's not actually how you are. That's virtue signaling. And... Uh, you saw that a lot with the, the refugee problem, when there was that giant issue with all these, uh, what the fuck were they, Serbian refugees, or some refugees from some country that was having a lot of problems, and they wanted to leave their country because they were sick of living third world lives, and these refugees had nowhere to go. Again, I'm not sure what country it was, I have it on the top of my head, but it's not, it's not relevant or important where they were from. They were refugees, they had nowhere to go, and there was this giant issue on whether or not we should allow them into the states because they could be dangerous. And then people would make the argument, well, it's probably only one out of every hundred or probably one out of every 200 that are potentially dangerous. And that would be these uh, white knight internet people that would be like, it's not that bad. I mean, think of all the good people that are with the one occasional bad person. And then the counter argument would be, okay, I'm going to give you a jar of 100 jelly beans. One of them is poisonous and will kill you. Go ahead, have a handful. Why not? It's just one. And then the people would be like, well, I mean, well, yeah, exactly. Shut the fuck up. One out of 100 is a lot. Of course we're not bringing those refugees over. And it sucks that the good people who are just lost and hopeless, and it really sucks. I have a big heart. It sucks. I wish I could help them, but I can't. Uh, I don't have the power. I don't have the financial capabilities for that. So it's unfortunate, but we just can't have that. That's a national security threat. That's dangerous. That could cause problems. But these people would still say, 
despite the jelly bean argument, which is a sound argument, if you ask me, these people would still say, you know, uh, I, I personally believe that we should allow them here. Okay, so I got into this argument actually with a person, and boy, it was a short argument because nobody fucks with Ben Bransner. No, that's not why. It's just because I, I made a good point. This person, typical Facebook white knight, you know, do as I say, not as I do, those kind of people. This person goes, uh, you know, you're a real piece of shit if you would say that these people shouldn't be in our country. You're a real loser, and, and you're heartless, and you're a bigot, and blah, 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 blah. You know, all those those trigger words that they like to use on the left. You're a bigot. You're a misogynist. You're a pig. You're a chauvinist. And you, you're a racist. You don't want these fucking, fucking refugees over here. And I, I said, okay, well, where are they going to stay? Are you going to take one in? Well, no, I... I have a two-bedroom house, okay, and I have pets, and I have a girlfriend. I can't. Okay, but you expect other people to take them in? What you're doing is virtue signaling. You're saying, take them in. No, no, not me. I mean, you guys. You guys are assholes if you will not take these refugees in. But I'm not going to. Fuck that. That's what the dude was saying. And when I pointed out this flaw, this fallacy, he backed down. But... With attitude, of course, like, you know, like when you win an argument, but the people that you argue with, they're just, they're not over it. They're like, well, you're right, but, and they kind of mutter under their breath. It was kind of like that, except on Facebook. So it was like, that's me touching the keys. Anyway, yeah, virtue signaling. You know where else you hear virtue signaling? Is with trannies. And that's already a controversial word. Controversial? I don't want to be Brendan Schaub and have you know, mispronounce all these words and all these names. He's my favorite podcaster, and he's just probably my favorite, you know, celebrity person. He's fucking funny. He's smart. But my only critique of him is he gets 90% of names wrong. Uh, you know, UFC names, and he's a UFC ex-fighter, and he talks about the UFC. He just, his one Achilles heel, his one weakness is pronouncing words and names. He fucks up 90% of names and words. You know, and it's not a knock on him. It, it actually makes it funny because at this point, I, I think he's almost doing it on purpose. It's so bad, but it's funny. And I, I meant to mention this in my first podcast, but uh, Joe Rogan, Joey Diaz, Brian Callen, Chael Sonnen, uh, Frank Mir, these guys are all my influences, I would say. I, I will never copy anyone, but if I were to take a mixing bowl and make a podcast out of ingredients, I would add a little Joe Rogan, a little Brendan Schaub, some Brian Callen, some Richard Hunter, Frank Mir, Sam Tripoli, Duncan Trussell, Ari Shafir, just all these guys. They're fucking awesome. They're all awesome people. They're great to listen to. Eddie Bravo, one of my favorites. He's mostly into conspiracies lately, which is fine. I like that stuff too, as long as you don't go too overboard with it. But anyway, yeah, those are my, I would call them my influences. I look up to them as far as people and citizens and celebrities and podcasters they're just they're great so anyway shout out to those people um yeah virtue signaling is uh, also very common with trans transsexual transgender chicks with dicks dudes with boobs call it whatever you want that's where you'll see that also where people will say you know it might be larry with a beard and a dick and a hairy chest and a hairy ass and a set of balls but when he says I identify as Christina. He's fucking Christina. And you are a bigot if you say otherwise. 
don't tell me that that's not a woman. That is a real woman. Okay, that's a lot of what you'll hear on the left, is transgender isn't real. There is, that line has been dissolved. There is no male, no female. There is whatever you want to be. And if Terry, I mean, awful female name, but let's just say there's a lady named Terry, and she identifies that she has a penis even though she doesn't, well, got news for you. That's a man. Ignore her vagina. Ignore her boobs. That's a man. That is the argument you'll hear on the left. And I'm not a big left versus right person. I don't get into that whole thing. But I do like to pick on both sides because I sit comfortably in the middle. And I think both extremes are awful. But one of the main ones that you hear on the left is you are whatever you want to be or whatever you identify as. And as the great Ben Shapiro would say, uh, nope. Why can't girls be in Boy Scouts? Well, it's in the name. Boy Scouts. That's why. So I've actually... I'm not going to say his name because I kind of like the guy, even though I, I've only ever really argued with him. We just don't see eye to eye on anything, but he's a smart dude. He's a funny dude. He's a nonconformist, and he lives, you know, 10 miles away from me. So I wouldn't call him a friend. I wouldn't even call him an acquaintance, but I, I just like conversing with him because he's a smart dude, and we don't agree on fucking anything. He's way left. If there's a spectrum, he's the wall of left. He's as far left as you can go. And he's that way with all issues, you know, abortion, transgender, you, you name it, all the, all the social ones. I don't get into the pol political ones, but the social uh, concepts that they argue about, those are the ones that are interesting to me, like public breastfeeding, that type of shit. Anyway, so uh, he dated a transgender. He dated a guy, so a, a person with a penis, but the person with the penis identified as a female and had not yet had the operation. So he was dating a guy. I mean, you ask anybody who has their head on their shoulders, he was dating a guy. And the guy that he was dating went by a female alias and identify, I, I'm air quoting here with my fingers, you don't see that, but this person identified as a female. And Brady, uh, I said his name, Brady, nice guy, I like the guy, but he dated this person and he, <laughs> How do I word this without hurting someone's feelings? He was 100% convinced that the person he was dating was a female. Dude, this is a female. She identifies as a female that makes her female. Dick and balls doesn't mean you can't be female. Now, to me, that's nonsense, but there is an astounding number of people who would disagree and say, no, you, you are what you think you are, and that's great, fine. So he was dating this... I, I never got into it with him like that. I, I never said, hey... You're dating a dude. I was thinking it, but I never attacked him like that because I like the guy. Brady's a good dude, and I, I only had respect for him. But I did see several times when people would call him out on that. They'd say, Brady, you're gay. You're, you're a fag. You're dating a dude. And uh, I, I disagreed. I mean, I didn't think it was gay. I thought it was just weird. Not so not so much gay or straight. It was just weird. Like, weird how in, in, in the way that you could ignore someone's gender and go along with them to say that, you know, in this instance, tuck your penis and your balls between your legs, you're a girl tonight, come get daddy, you know? That was weird to me. But I never judged, you know, like I, him and I always got along, we just didn't agree on things, we were respectful about it. But I remember someone saying, no dude, you're dating a dude, that's gay, uh, and then Brady blocked him on Facebook and whatnot, but yeah. That's that virtue signaling you'll see a lot in uh, 
in transgender arguments. Now, people who are for the transgender you know, movement and are all for that, they are whatever they say they are, dude, and you're a bigot if you disagree. You know, my, my main counter-argument to that, and it's been you know, flawless, I've never lost an argument when I've gotten into it with these people, I, say, I simply say, okay, well, you're into females? Yes, dude, you're into females? Okay, so you're straight, all right. So would you date a transgender female? Would you date a man who says he's a woman? No, that's just not my thing. Okay, well, if you wouldn't, then don't try to tell everybody else that you should and that we should ignore the dick between their legs. That's fucked up for you to go, oh, Larry's a woman, but I wouldn't date him. I only date real women. Okay, well, now you're, now you're drawing a line in the sand and you're making your argument really weak. So transgender women are women, but they're not like real women, so you won't date them. So what kind of woman are they? They're transgender women, so they're not real women. So we are separating women and transgender women, which immediately just nullifies, for lack of a better term, the argument in the first place. You can't have both. You, you either gotta say, I will fuck a guy who thinks he's a woman as long as he identifies with a woman, or you gotta say, I won't. And if unless you will date a guy who identifies as a woman, unless you will, you're on my team. You're on team male-female. There's no gender blurring. That's virtue signaling. People that say, oh, you should respect what they identify as. Okay, well, you can say that until it's time to fucking step up and act and back up your talk. You can say that until Larry walks in and he's like, I'm a pretty girl. You want to fuck me in my dick? And you're like, mm, sorry, I mean, Larina. That's the girl version of Larry. Sorry, I, uh, I only date real girls. Okay, you're a bigot. You're a pig. That type of shit. That's what I'm talking about. Drives me nuts. Virtue signaling. Topic two, done. Real quick here. Now that I said it was going to be quick last time, I lied. I'm sorry. I don't like to lie. But real quick, topic three here is just simply what I don't miss about Facebook. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to brush over them. We're going to just slowly, yet quickly, smooth over them. We're not going to dig deep because I can dig deep anytime. So I've taken breaks from Facebook one year at a time once, two years once without logging in. You disable your account and then, you know, whenever you do log in again, it reactivates it. But right now I'm on, I don't know, a couple weeks. I just don't miss it overall. But there are certain things in particular that I don't miss. And that's what I am going to use for topic three today. <clears throat> Excuse me while I sip this water. I am very thirsty. No, I am parched. So, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, I think it happened originally. It, uh, it was invented originally, I don't know, five years ago or something. You upload a photo to your album, whatever kind, it doesn't matter. And then it just kind of gets lost. It just kind of gathers dust. And the only way people will see those photos again is if they go digging through your album. And if you're like me and you have thousands of photos... You might as well just, not, you can count on people not seeing that photo again unless they're really creeping. Dig deep creeping. That's what I call it. And so these girls, they'll take these selfies and, you know, girls only upload pictures that they like of themselves. That's a, that's a female for you. They're not going to upload selfies and pictures of themselves where they don't think they look good. And that tends to be a problem in the long run because they'll take all these fire selfies or these what they call on fleek 
selfies. And then they'll just fade away into non-existence and irrelativity, irrelevance, you know, whatever word you want to use. And they, they want these pictures to be seen again because these were good pictures. So girls had to come up with a way to reopen and re-show these pictures that they thought so much of themselves, you know, for. And so what they did was, uh, hashtag proud to be, hashtag proud to be me. That was kind of a movement. Now what they did was they would, quote, nominate, unquote. You would nominate somebody to upload five pictures that make them feel pretty. So say I'm the first one to do it. I mean, it happens all the time, just random people. Say my name is Sarah. Okay, well, first time, first person I'm going to do it to is my female friend, Brenda. I nominate Brenda, and you tag Brenda, to upload five pictures of herself that make her feel pretty. And I'm going to do it too. And so what these girls do then is they, are, they now have the ability to re-upload old photos and get away with it. Photos that they like of themselves because they look at themselves a lot because they're narcissistic. Acute Narcissistic Personality Disorder. A-N-P-D. It's a real thing. It's a psychology term. It's becoming more and more common. People just can't fucking stop looking at themselves and taking pictures of themselves. Narcissists. The Greek god Narcissus is alive within all of them. Well, anyway, I don't miss that on Facebook. My home feed used to be full of cool shit. And now it's girls reposting pictures of themselves that they like, that they think they look pretty in. And sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. But that doesn't matter. It's the fact that they're, cl they're clouding my home feed with pictures of themselves like, this is five pictures that make me feel pretty. I was looking for this excuse and here it is. I feel pretty in these five pictures. I nominate and then they'll tag another girl. And it just, it carries on. It's like a, a train of dick slaps. You just hate it. It's like dick slaps on your eyes. Okay, I I don't know why I said that, but it is. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else. If I think of something that is unenjoyable, a train of dick slaps is number one. There, that's why I said it. Another thing that I don't miss about Facebook is those fucking stupid posts where they'd be praying for someone and it would say, one like equals one prayer. Okay, I get the concept of prayer, but what the fuck does prayer have to do with likes? They'll post something, and then they'll be basically fishing for likes. Like this, and it equals one prayer for little little Timmy here who broke his leg. Okay. Yeah, uh, pretty sure that's not how prayer works. I'm pretty sure God's not up there with Jesus on the computer and uh, checking his, his mail. Let's see, uh, Timmy broke his leg. Should we fix it? And then Jesus is like, well, is there enough likes? I require at least 50,000 likes before I'll... No, it doesn't fucking work that way. And anyone who believes otherwise, you're a fucking idiot. A like does not equal a prayer. You know what a like equals? It equals a like. That is the extent of the currency. I don't miss that. Fucking stupid. And on the same page as that, those posts where people will upload a picture of a, uh, of a lotto ticket, lottery ticket, and it'll say, oh, I won the lottery. I'll give $1,000 to everyone who shares this post. And it astounds me how many fucking idiots there are in this world. It'll have like 3 million shares. 3 million. I saw one with 8 million. First of all, it's probably Photoshop. 
whoever wins $300 million in the lottery is not going to take a picture of it and upload it and say, hey, whoever shares this, everyone gets $1,000. So I'm going to look up all of your addresses and I'm going to send $1,000 to every single person. I'm going to get in touch with all 3 million of you. I'm going to spend my time doing that now that I have 300 million. No! If you believe that, you're a fucking moron. Oh, it drives me nuts. People will share it and be like, oh, I hope he picks me. I hope I get $1,000. I think Facebook puts those out to measure the amount of retards that we have in the Facebook community. Like Zuckerberg, the, the creator of Facebook, he's like, yeah, let's, let's do a little social test here, a little social experiment. Let's put a fake picture of a lottery ticket win. And they'll have the numbers, you know, for the last win on there. Let's just do this. Let's see how many people will buy into this. And people will share it, and I'll be like, foreheading, face palming. You fucking idiot. You drive me nuts. It, I don't know why I'm surprised. I mean, you, you think about how dumb the average person is. Just the average person. How little they know. And then remember that half the world is dumber than that. And then when you think about it like that, it's not so surprising anymore that people will share that and one like equals one prayer and this has happened to me a few times on Facebook I don't miss this you know you'll, you'll get you'll see some really cool news story and without doing any research you'll share it only to find out later on that it was a fake news story your fake news your fake news that's a Trump impression so I've done that I, I've been a victim of that myself the one I saw was uh, due to, it was like a, a NASA story, and I didn't check the, the legitimacy of it. I just saw that it said, NASA says we will have two days in a row of, of night where, you know, the sun will not be as bright or whatever. Because, you know, in, like in Alaska, it's night more than it's day. So I didn't think this was too far-fetched. It just said... We will have two straight days of night because of bad solar flares on the sun. Now, hindsight, knowing what I know now, that's bullshit, obviously, but, you know, it's three in the morning, you're on Facebook, you're bored. Of course that's cool. And you don't think to check if it's real, so I just shared it. Then I went to bed, woke up with like ten people telling me, dude, that's not real. Dude, you know this is fake, right? And I'm like, god damn it, face palm, I'm joining the ranks of the dumbasses who don't check their shit. So we've all done that. We all have. I've, I've busted somebody. I remember this girl named Taylor. Uh, not my girlfriend Taylor, but this other Taylor. Huge slut. And uh, she shared something about how, like, it was, like, really obvious, too. It was, like, due to uh, the moon and some sort of mirror imaging thing off of another planet, due to the reflection of the moon on blah, 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 there's going to be six moons tonight. It'll appear that there is six full moons tonight, but there will only be one. And... I didn't even have to look that up. I knew that was bullshit. It was one of those uh, those dumb traps. And I, I commented on there. I said, hey, you know this isn't real, right? I mean, I, I tried to like make her feel better about it. You know, I wasn't putting her down. I was just like, hey, I've done this before. Don't fall for it. This isn't real. People are going to think, you know, that you're kind of dumb. Just, just I, I would get rid of it. You know, just looking out for you. Because I didn't hate her, but I didn't like her. I was just kind of eh, like indifferent. And she responded, mind your own fucking business. And I was like, Jesus Christ, that escalated quickly. But I was ready. I don't take shit from anybody. I don't care how big you are. I don't care what gender you are. Any of the 76 genders. I don't care if you're a, a woman. 
you know, and so I, I was, she got me. I took the bait. I was like, listen here, bitch, I'm just trying to tell you that this isn't real. There's, there's no reason to get mad at me. I'm just saying, you know, I'm looking out for you. Look, I, I've, done, I've been here. You don't want to be this person sharing this dumb shit when it's not real. And she unfriended me. She didn't say anything else. She just unfriended me. And then her boyfriend tried adding me. I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know what you two are up to, but you guys can fuck off. I, I don't have time for this level of stupidity. It's going to give me an aneurysm. And I don't miss that kind of shit. Another thing I don't miss on Facebook is those people who will make that status that says, like my status if you want to survive my cleaning. You know, cleaning meaning they're going to go through their friends list and they're going to get rid of certain people based on whether or not they talk to them or whether or not they want them on their friends list. You know, people will announce that. Now, if you're, if you're a normal person like me, you'll just do that from time to time. Just go through your list, get rid of irrelevant people, get rid of dumb people, get rid of mean people. You know, you just, it's called spring cleaning, whatever. But if you really want attention, then you're that, then you're that person. And we've all seen it. Like my status, if you want to stay on my friends list, and it'll have like eight people like it, like, don't cut me off. And then the rest of the world's like, who gives a fuck? Who are you? Nobody knows you. I mean, we know you, but we don't know you. Go ahead, delete me, you douche. I don't miss that at all. What else don't I miss? Well, political correctness. I would get in trouble and get bans, meaning I was unable to log on to my Facebook account or comment or, or, or use it for 30 days at a time. A week at a time is what it started out as, and then after five of those, they gave me 30-day bans, and that happened I don't know, seven times or eight times, where for 30 days at a time, you can't even use your Facebook. And they do that whenever you hurt someone's feelings now, basically. The political correctness and the censorship has gotten to the point where... If you offend somebody, you're banned, and you can't talk, you can't comment, you can't share, you can't upload, you can't do anything. They pretty much wipe you off of the face of the Facebook earth for 30 days anytime, and it's gotten real bad, too. The last time I got a 30-day ban, I got a 30-day ban during my 30-day ban that I was already serving for something else that had happened before I got banned. So I had a 60-day ban, and that was kind of the last straw. So I got banned for uploading a picture that quote-unquote contained nudity, and it fucking didn't. I know what nudity is. It was a picture of a little girl with snot on her nose, and it said, at four years old. And then there was a picture of just, you know, from the head up of another girl who had a similar-looking substance around her face, and we know it was cum, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, there was no nudity, no boobs, nothing, and it said, at 18 years old. So it was basically saying... Here's a girl at four years old. Here's a girl at 18 years old. Kind of a dirty, you know, meme joke. But I had seen it plastered all over everywhere on, like, real publicized pages of celebrities. And, you know, so I share it. And it's got thousands, hundreds of thousands of comments. And, oh, that's funny. Oh, that's fucked up. A lot of different opinions. And I got banned for it. And they said this contains nudity. No, it doesn't. No boobs, no vagina, no dick, no butt, nothing. It was a fully clothed little four-year-old girl and a girl from the head up of, you know, uh, clearly a chick that was in a porn, you know, maybe. And it's not nudity. It might be cum on her face, but cum isn't nudity. Cum is cum. And also, how do we know that's cum? What if she just blew her nose and it landed all over her cheek instead of on her nose? Yeah? Maybe you didn't think of that. Maybe you hurt her feelings by insinuating that that's cum on her face. And during my 30-day ban for that, I got banned for another 30 days for something I wrote a week before. I wrote on a thread where people were arguing 
about transgenders either being real women or real men, depending on what they identify as. I wrote, okay, guys, I identify as an Apache helicopter. And so if you don't acknowledge that I'm an Apache helicopter, you guys are bigots. And then I put, see, that's how delusional you guys sound. And boom, I got banned for 30 days for that. They sent a screenshot of it to me in my Facebook inbox and said, this is what you did, 30-day ban. Okay, well, obviously I don't belong on Facebook because I don't have much of a filter. And if people are that easily hurt, you know, their feelings, then I, I just, I can't be here. The Dear Facebook posts, I don't miss those, where they'll start it off by saying, I mean, some of them literally do say, Dear Facebook, but it's insinuating that you're talking to Facebook, which isn't a real person. It'll say something like, you know, if if people are going to talk to me, talk about me this way, then maybe they just shouldn't pretend to be my friend. And it's like, okay, so clearly you want attention. We get it. But there's a better way to go about getting attention. You know, who are you talking to? Who do you want to see this? What are you trying to accomplish? It's too vague, so nobody knows who you're talking about, unless you've told somebody. And the person who it's about probably doesn't know it's about them because you're being so vague. What's the point of that? Just a waste of my time, waste of my eyes scanning over such a stupid post. I don't miss that. I don't miss people shitting on their exes, pretending that they're over them when they're not. It's especially bad in young girls around age 20. Hmm. Just super lame. They'll constantly be making statuses like daily, multiple times a day, saying, Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so glad that I'm not with this piece of shit anymore. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, well, if that's the case, why are you still talking about him? If, if he was such a loser and you hate him so much, then why are you still crying? Literally and on Facebook. Why do you post all these memes that say, when you lose the love of your life, blah, 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 and life just isn't the same anymore. And then you turn around and go, oh, I'm so happy. I love being single. You're not fooling anyone. We know you're depressed because you're sad from the breakup. To pretend that you're not, shut the fuck up. Another thing I don't miss, people trying to sound deep when they're not. They'll post those deep quotes that aren't deep, and oftentimes it'll be tied to a selfie. It's just an excuse to upload a selfie. It'll be a picture of a girl with her tits hanging out, like a face, you know, a top half portrait selfie, and her tits will be out three fourths because she's a whore and wants to show them off, just like most girls. And the caption will be like reach for the stars and then even if you fail you'll be up higher than you ever imagined see i just made that up but that's the type of dumb shit that you see it's like really dumb lame not deep quotes when they're trying to sound deep i don't miss it it's fucking stupid clickbait i don't miss clickbait fucking annoying you know clickbait right they'll have these over exaggerated headlines that are almost irresistible to not click on well, you see what happened when this guy opens up his garage door and sees a homeless person living in there. And it's like, well, goddammit, you've already told me half the story. I'm dying to know what happens next. And the worst part is, I want to know what happens in these clickbait stories. I shit on it, and I hate clickbait, we all do. But the dark secret is, we want to know what happens next. It just bugs us to not know. That's, that's the beauty of the clickbait, is... They tell you just enough to where it makes your brain go, oh, well, well then what? And then you gotta click on it, and you gotta click through eight pages just to find out. She started out sucking his penis. 
but when her boyfriend came around the corner, you won't believe what he did. And it's like, okay, well, okay, so you gave us a storyline. She's cheating on her boyfriend. Now what would I do? I mean, what did this guy do? I'm going to click on this. You know, that, that kind of shit. Clickbait. Oh, drives us nuts. One like equals one prayer. God damn. I've got several more of these, but I'm going to I'm just going to cut into the current event because we can save more of these. I have so many of these. We'll save more for next time. I'll get rid of the ones on my list here that that I've already gone over and uh we'll cut into current events. Ah, current events. In the news, just last week, actually uh maybe 4 days ago. It was before Thanksgiving, doesn't matter. So this really hot teacher, smoke show, dime piece, boom. Just super sexy. Young, 22 or 23. Uh, she's been uh, accused and charged with statutory rape. She fucked a 16 or 17-year-old boy, her student, and she got caught. Doesn't know how she got caught. Well, I'm no detective, but I would wager it's because he told all of his friends as he was high-fiving them. Maybe that's how. I mean... Obviously, she wouldn't tell anybody. She wouldn't risk her job. She wouldn't want it, you know, want that information to get out. But then she acts like, how did anybody find out that I was fucking my student? I mean, no one was around. Obviously, when he went to lunch the next day and everyone's like, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, I shot fireworks. Oh, I went hunting. And then it's his turn. He's like, well, I played video games and I fucked my teacher. Which one am I going to tell him? What do you think? Of course he fucking told them. That is the first thing I would tell every single person that I knew. If I banged a really hot teacher, where were these whore teachers when I was in junior and senior year? Where were they? I had hot teachers. They didn't didn't make a pass at me. They didn't even look at me like mm, they didn't they didn't they didn't touch me. They didn't talk to me sexually. Never once. And I was a goddamn good-looking kid when I was 17. I could have been a model. Now they say my words. This is other people telling me. I was tan. This was before any injuries, you know, back injury. This was before I was working out every day. I was tanning. I had a six-pack. I had shoulders. I had a chest. I had a. I was bench pressing over 300 pounds when I was 17 years old. That's impressive for a 190-pound dude. I was like solid muscle, and these teachers didn't even fucking look at me. And then I'm seeing these boys that are getting fucked by their f- sexy-ass teachers, and they're ugly. They're scrawny. They look like dorks. And my only thought is these dudes must have giant hogs because... Why are these teachers taking an interest in these young boys who look like they're fucking 14 and all they do is play video games? It makes me want to pull my hair out. It, it hurts my feelings. Like, why didn't the teachers want to bang me? Oh, man, I would have loved to be that guy at the lunch table telling that story. Yeah, you know, uh, Mrs. Walters? Yeah, yeah, double D tits, uh, skinny waist. Yeah, um, yeah, I banged her. No, bro. Yeah, yeah, it happened. I mean, I've got pictures. Look. Swipe, swipe. Yep, those are her titties. Oh my god, you're the man. I know. I know I'm the man. That would have been amazing. But that doesn't happen. Not to me. Good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people. Only bad things happen to Bransners and Bundys. That's why Al Bundy is my spirit animal. The other current event we're going to save till next time. Because anytime now my girlfriend will be home and if someone walks in while you're recording a podcast, then it makes it tough to maintain your train of thought. So, uh... Actually, I think I hear a tr- uh, vehicle now. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up. I love you guys. I love naked guys. Well, I didn't mean to say that. That's my Twitch name, by the way. I love naked guys. So when I follow or you know subscribe to somebody, they read out, Thanks, I love naked guys. Pretty funny.
I don't know. I'm kind of a douche. I'm, I'm immature like that. Anyway, um, uh, I think we went over everything. So I'm going to have a couple Captain and Cokes and watch some Stranger Things. Hell of a show, that Stranger Things. Uh, this has been Episode 3 of Ben Again. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.